All right, so today uh, our kids are with us. Like I said, like you've heard for the whole service so far, our shorter message is geared to include our kids um, and also to parents and people who interact with kids. Um, but as you'll see in this message, that the message is going to speak to all of us because I want you to see what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 4. We're going to look at that first. The verses are also in your bulletin. If you want to take notes, you can write some things down there. This is Matthew 18, verses 1 to 4. Jesus, it says this, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying, unless you become as a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven, it means a lot of things, but it means being part of God's family, being part of the family of Jesus. And so Jesus brought the family of God from heaven to earth. Um, and when he began his ministry, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and so you have to become like a child, or you will never enter it. And so, kids, we're glad that you're with us today, uh, because we're going to be talking about feelings and emotions, and in some ways, us adults need to become like you. Um, we also have special kids' bulletins. These things are awesome. I mean, they're there every week. They're special today, because we knew that more of our kids would be here. Um, we want you to be able to draw different emojis that you feel in your families. Um, there's a space. Do you want one? Um, there's a space. Uh, there's also a space where we want you to, to write some of the best and maybe the worst memories that you've had um, in your family. And so this is a chance for you to process. Um, and adults, let me say this, and, and I know you're going to argue with me. Like, there's going to be something in you that's going to say, wait, come on, you can't say this, but hear me out. If we can become like our kids in the area of our feelings and emotions, um, we can actually be more like Jesus, and then we can create a better pathway for our kids to mature and become adults like us with an emotionally healthy spirituality. Jesus says in verse 4, he says that uh, to be like a child is to humble yourself. That's what he's saying here. That those who are humble, they don't just enter the kingdom, but they are greatest in the kingdom. And so in our emotionally healthy series, um, we've been talking about how emotions and feelings relate to being spiritually mature. Um, and when it comes to emotions, we've got to say our kids are not perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination, but there is something that we can learn from and imitate in our kids. And so to humble yourself as a child in the area of emotionally healthy spirituality looks like being honest about your feelings. Okay? It's in being honest about your feelings, I think kids are more naturally the way God designed than adults are. Kids do this without having to try. Right, kids? I mean, you don't need permission to feel things. You just feel them. Yeah. There it is. I got an amen. 
When you're happy, you laugh and you play. Um, when you're sad or you're angry, you complain and you yell or you cry. Um, you don't think about hiding your emotions and you don't feel bad expressing your emotions. Adults, this is something that we can learn from. You don't have to wonder what a child is thinking. You can tell because they're honest about their feelings. And so we need to become like children in this way. We need to be more honest about our feelings and emotions. We need to be less ashamed of how we feel. Now, this doesn't mean that all of the ways that kids or adults express their feelings or emotions is good or right. Um, but we really, I mean, really, we need two things when it comes to, uh, there are really two things that emotionally healthy families have. Maybe we can talk about it in that way. The two things um, that emotionally healthy families have are, one, honesty about emotions, and then two, they have the gospel. So there's honesty about emotions, and then there's the gospel. Honesty, so that we would be open about our feelings, but then the gospel, so that our feelings can become more and more mature. So we need to be honest about our feelings, but then we need to bring our feelings to God. And that's what the gospel teaches us to do. And so in families, Jesus wants honesty to meet humility in the gospel for children and adults. And in Ephesians 6, there's verses there that talk about that a, a child's honesty needs to be married to honor for their parents. You want to honor your parents in the midst of being honest about your feelings. And it also says in Ephesians 6 that, that a parent's honesty in their feelings is married to sensitivity toward their children's immaturity. There's an understanding um, and, and, a set, uh, and a set expectation that's commensurate with their maturity. And so let me just give you some practical things that you can do so that you can grow in having an emotionally healthy family. Um, first, ask your children for forgiveness. Okay, there is nothing more powerful in the life of a child than when their parent comes to them and says, look, what I did was wrong. I'm sorry, will you forgive me? The power of that moment blasts through layers and layers of hurt. Um, the power of that moment it's so big because when kids see their parents apologize, it, all, it creates space for them to do the same. Um, my kids have told me that uh, there have been times in the past where I would be dealing with them in a way that was, well, sinful. Um, and they would be thinking, I think later dad is going to come and apologize to me for how he's treating me right now. And there's a sense of, like, I'm excited that they would think that about me. You know, not excited to, to sin against them, but excited that they would know that that was coming. Um, we can't be perfect as parents, but we can own it when we're not. And owning it is God's way of healing the problems that come from sin in families. 
and then it creates, the, the other benefit that it does is that it, when you apologize to your kids, when you ask them for forgiveness, you also are modeling for them that conflict is a reality in healthy relationships. That the best relationships include conflict, both, uh, you know, and have a gospel-centered resolution. And so second, be honest when you struggle. Like, it's okay to, to help your kids know that life isn't always good for you. It's okay to find appropriate ways to tell them how difficult life can be, how challenging life is, how hard it is for you, even to trust Jesus, how hard it is for you to pray in a moment when you really just want to lash out. Um, be honest with your kids about your struggles. Um, let them see that, that you're human because then they'll think, oh, okay, this stuff that I'm feeling inside, like it's okay for me to talk about this because mom or dad are and then third, this is really helpful, um, connect before you correct. Connect before you correct. This is so difficult, especially for parents, because the minute our kids begin to articulate something or begin to express some feeling, we are already like three corrections ahead of them. Like, we know exactly what we're going to say, right? And what we really need to do is we need to slow down and stop and connect to how they're feeling before we correct them. If you do that, your correction actually will land better, um, and also you may learn things about your kids and how they're feeling that you would not have known if you just jump to correct. And then lastly, let your discipline reflect the gospel. So when you discipline your kids, um, after you discipline your kids, encourage them to confess, your, to confess their sins. Clearly make it, make it abundantly clear that you forgive them and then delight in them as soon as you can afterwards. It's over. It's dealt with. The discipline has come and gone. And in the same way that God rejoices to forgive, as a parent, have that same joy in forgiving your kids and let them experience that joy from you right after, as soon after as you can. Um, there's a famous phrase, I don't know who said it, but if you make time for your kids when they're young, they'll make time for you when they're old. And these are four ways, I think, that will help you to make time to connect with them. And so, during Lent, we are looking at some of the Psalms during the week, and we want you to pray, write, and speak. And so this week, I want you to pray, write, and speak as a family. And so each week I've been giving you three psalms, one for when life is up, one for when life is down, and one for when life is sideways. Um, this week, I'm just going to give you one psalm. This is one psalm for the week. And what's great about this psalm is that it works when life is up, down, and sideways. And so let me just share it with you. My hope is that you can take this one psalm and make it your psalm for the week as a family. Okay, And if you don't have a family, then get with someone in your life group, read this psalm, and then discuss it together and see how this psalm can hit and speak to different aspects of your life when life is good, bad, and ugly. And so when life is up, Psalm 23, verses 1 to 3, uh, let me just show that to you real quick. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
And so there's an illustration here. Kids get this in two seconds, right? Oh, I'm a sheep and God is my shepherd. And God is a good shepherd. That when God is my shepherd, my wants will be met. My needs will be met, right? And God is good to me. He leads me into good places. He gives me rest. He restores me, right? He directs me in the way that is good. And so when life is up, you can pray these things and reflect on God's goodness. And you can talk about how have we seen God's goodness in our lives. And that becomes a discussion, you know, around the dinner table maybe or around the breakfast table or in the evening. Life, when life is down, you can read verse 4 of Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So even when things are scary, we can know that we're not alone. We can know that God is with us. And so when things are bad, when life is down, God is with us uh, and he comforts us. And then when life is sideways, when things are, are, are bad, maybe out of control, verse five in Psalm 23 you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And so when even when bad things are happening to me, even when other people are trying to hurt me, God, you provide abundantly for me. You allow me to continue to eat and even to feast. You anoint my head with oil. Like you give me your Holy Spirit so that I have not just what I need, but I have even more than I need, even when my life is sideways. And so with all of this, as we learn together to walk with God, as we celebrate his goodness when life is up, and when we go to him for comfort when life is down and sideways, then the last verse of this psalm becomes something that will carry us through life. Psalm 23, verse six says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man. Parents, adults, kids, if you can learn to love each other, and as a family, if you can create a safe environment for all of you to feel and to be able to connect in your feelings, with honesty, humility in the gospel, your house will begin to feel a little bit like the house of the Lord. And eternity will begin in your home today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for being a God to us and to our children. We thank you for the freedom that the gospel gives us. Um, and we pray, God, for, for all of our parents and for everyone who works with kids in our church family. Um, Lord, help us and strengthen us to be able to be honest about our feelings and to bring our feelings to you to ask how you would want us to respond. Help us to both give freedom to our kids to express themselves but then to bring them to you and to your presence to help them to be able to follow you with their emotions. 
And God, we long to not suppress our emotions or to give them complete reign over our lives because, Lord, we want Jesus to be our king. We pray that you would help us to do that this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to receive now um, an offering. And so if you're going to be giving today, please prepare your gifts to give. Um, If you want to give online, you can do that as well. The instructions for doing that are on the screens. Um, So I want you to, I mean, it's kind of fun when the kids are in the service. If you have a gift, you can give it to them and you can tell them, hey, you know what? We're giving this to God because God is God over even our money, and we want to support the church in what it's doing. And so, um, and then remember too, if you have a connection card, we invite you to please fill this out, and you can drop this in the offering basket as it goes by.